Good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? I, I, you know that we got some people on vacation and all that, but you know what? We are here, and you guys are going to get the blessing. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Just because I'm here today, I am blessed. There is a special blessing that God has for you today. And I am excited about being able to preach. You know, uh, Richard says, you know, talked about Memorial Day. And, you know, we wish you a great Memorial Day, Memorial Day weekend today. Some of you are off tomorrow. Some people will be working tomorrow. Um, and it's good either way, right? So I want to talk a little bit today um, how many of you feel like that sometimes life's blessings that you've been promised are just yet to manifest? You ever feel that way? You're like, God, you've promised me certain things. How about you're right on the edge of a breakthrough and you've been praying and you believe in God and that breakthrough has been delayed. Anybody feel that way? It's like, God, when is this? I was having a conversation this past week with, with somebody, and we were talking about it, and he's a strong believer in the Lord, and we were talking about how God does amazing things. When you first come to the Lord, it's like, boom, he'll do this, and like, boom, he'll do that. And it's like, man, you're like, you know, and you're thinking, man, God, this, this God thing is pretty good, you know, because now I'm, I'm, I'm getting peace, things are happening, there's reconciliation, God is good, you know, he'll bless you some things financially, all these things are taking place, and you're like, you know, when you're young in the Lord, you're like, man, this God is really showing up. And then how many of you know, 40 years later, some of you are or 20 or 60, it's like, God, when is this going to happen? Oh, come on, somebody. It's like, God, when is this going to happen? I've been believing for this. And it's almost like these things are held back. It's almost like I'm tired of waiting on this. Anybody ever get to, we're going to be transparent here today, you know, right? We're not just the spiritual ones in the clouds and, you know what I mean, everything's good. You know, how you doing? I'm good, baby. I'm blessed and highly favored. And I walk away and go, yeah, I bet you are. We believe that, we speak that, we want to walk in faith in that, but the truth can be, or the fact can be, that we're struggling with issues. We're ready for things to begin to happen. We're tired of God saying, God, God, when is it going to happen? I'm ready for that breakthrough to, to take place. Can I get an amen from somebody this morning? And you know, as we're walking through these things, it's like, God, I'm serving you, and I've been serving you for many years. I'm not in sin. I'm not just blatantly going out and sinning. You know what I mean? I'm not in sin. I'm being obedient to God. I'm God, you're, I'm taking you at your word, and your word is truth, and I'm going to operate in your, in your word, and your, your word is life, and I'm being obedient to you. But I know the word has promised me some things, and I know I'm ready for it to manifest. Is that anybody today? Yeah, that we're all just kind of like, I'm there, I'm there. We don't want to say it, right? We don't want to speak about it. But the truth is we're, we're, we're ready for that breakthrough to come in. And I believe that what happens is, you got my little container here. I believe that what happens is there is a, when you first come to Christ, there is a, there's no lid on it. Are you with me? So... If I was to take this just a minute, so um, can, I get, can I get that card? Jimmy, can you come on up here for me? Because I've got something that I want you to put in real quick. Can you turn around? 
and just kind of show the people what's, what's on that card. What's on this card? Everybody, can you see it? Kind of show it to them. What, what's it say? Okay, so we're going to put you right in here. Thank you, sir, for doing that. So here's me, right? Here's me. Here's you. We've got a life of God going on. And things are rocking and rolling, and we're learning how to pray, and we're learning how to, to believe God, and we're learning how to stand on the Word, and we're learning how, what the Word means, and we're understanding the context in which it is, and we're learning that God is bigger than we have Him figured out. Can I get an amen on that? And what happens, and I want to talk a little bit today about it, is what happens is there becomes a lid on us. I got your attention now. There's a lid on us. We're in God, right? But all of a sudden, there's a lid. And I could say today, you know, well, there's a couple different names that I was thinking about this message this morning. And I thought, you know what? We can talk a little bit about breaking the spirit of containment. That's a nice-sounding message, isn't it? But you know what? I thought, well, what about this one? What's holding you back? What's holding you back? And I thought, I like that one. I like the breaking the spirit of containment. That's pretty good. But I also want to know, what's holding you back? Why are we not moving forward in the things of God? Why are we not seeing the breakthroughs that we need to be able to see with the things of God? See, I believe that this spirit of containment or this thing, this lid that's being put on here is holding us back. It's God is wanting to burst something within us, and there's something holding us back. How do we break through that? How many of you know with a container with a lid on it? Can you put something in it? Can you? Why not? Okay. Can you take something out of it? Ooh. You can't put anything in it, and you can't take anything out of it. So we become stagnant. We become encapsulated. We become a place where we have no increase. Things can't flow in and things can't flow out. Come on, somebody. I wanted to use this analogy. I am not a big leftover person. I'm not a big leftover person. And you may be, and leftovers are wonderful. And Shelly has some wonderful food that sometimes she has some leftovers on her spaghetti. The leftovers are great. But what happens is she puts the spaghetti in that container, and that container goes into the refrigerator. And how many of you know I can't get the spaghetti out until I... Oh, you guys are getting it. Until I take the lid off, till I open it up. I can't put anything else. She can't even put the spaghetti in there until she does what? Takes the lid off, puts the spaghetti in there, and then puts the lid on. So I'm going to try to leave this here, maybe, just for us to remember. We're going to get back to you because you're in there. You're in there. We're going to get back to you. God's wanting to manifest and burst some things in our lives. He's wanting to manifest and bring things forward in our lives. And sometimes we're so much on the edge of our breakthrough, and it's like, I can't get the lid off. 
I'm not asking for a show of hands, but how many of you ever had a bottle of a pickle jar or, or something and you go to open the lid and you can't get it off? You can't get that lid off, you know what I mean? Shelly will bring it to me and say, Eric, I need you to do this. I need you to get this lid off. So let's look at some scriptures this morning. Are you guys ready? Let's look at some scriptures. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We're going to talk a little bit about what is holding you back. This lid on this container holds whatever's in there. And who's in there? Who's in there? You are. You're in there, right? So this, this, this container, because it has a lid on, is holding us back. What do you think that the Word of God says about that? And we're going to start today, but we're going to lay a foundation today, and we're going to be building on that over the next coming weeks and months ahead. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Let's look at verses 11 and 12 to start with. I'll give you a little background here in just a minute. This was Paul talking to the church in Corinth. He actually had written letters. He wrote one letter, and then he wrote another letter. I'll get into that in just a second. But he goes on, and he says, O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by what? Your own affections. Now, in return for the same, I speak as to children, you also need to be open, or you also should be open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Let me lay this foundation down, because... Paul, this was the second letter to the church of Corinth. The first letter to the church of Corinth, when you read it and you read through it, he was given the church what for? The church was in a mess. There was sin going on openly within the church itself. The first letter was so harsh, he was, he was dealing with not only the sin issues, he was dealing with the spiritual or misuse of spiritual gifts within the church. The church was just flat out, out of order. The church had potential, but it needed some correction. And this letter, the first letter, was a stern letter. It was a spanking. Anybody ever had a spanking? Never mind, don't even, don't even go there. There was, there, was a, there was some legalistic things that were taking place. He was trying to let them understand what the freedom was like in the Word of God for the church itself. So he was dealing with sin. He was dealing with the misuse of spiritual gifts. He was dealing with the church being out of order. That There was some correction that needed to take place. And he came, he brought the hammer. He was the hammer down. Somebody say hammer down. He brought the hammer. I mean, it was just like the letter, when you go back and you begin to start reading it and you know a little bit about it, you start reading it and you're going, whoo, Paul, Paul is on him. Now, this was the second letter. Everybody say second letter. The second letter, Paul was, um, he was kinder and gentler. Have you ever started out pretty harsh? Have you ever started out pretty harsh? And then you realize, I probably need to be a little kinder, kinder and gentler, right? 
Shelly is like, I need to be a little more kinder. Eric, you could be a little more kinder or gentler. You know what I mean? I was like, because sometimes I can be pretty harsh. So he was really beginning to write back to the church, and he was beginning to minister to them. Pastor Paul came out. Pastor Paul came out. Let's look at verse 12. Verse 12 is the one that we were concerned about. It says, you are not restricted. Everybody say restricted. Do you think the church restricts you? Some churches do. You can't do this. You can't sit there. You can't listen to this music. You can't wear this. You can't do this. You can't do all these things. The church was restricting people from the law. The law restricted certain things. Are you with me? And he says, you are not restricted by us. He's telling the church, guys, you're not restricted by us. You are restricted by what? Your own affections. So let's look at that word restrict real quick. Can we do that? Let's look at that. The word restrict literally means this. I think, did I give you some definitions of that? There we go. It means that under the Greek, in the Greek, it means sternicon reo. If I, I'm not really good, obviously, with that. Stern okoreo. It means to hem in closely. To hem in closely. Anybody ever been hemmed in closely? There's a lot of people in here, and I get all hemmed in here. You know, you can't go, you can't drive, your cars are hemmed in. We'll be going to Africa in August, man, and I'm telling you, when you get in there and they're driving for us in Africa, there's cars everywhere, and everybody's going everywhere, and there's people out in the street going, don't turn here, turn here, and they're having accidents, and every car's got a little dinger dang on it because, you know, because everybody's been, been hitting each other, kind of like bumper cars, you know what I mean? It's like you get hemmed in. It also means to cramp. It also means the what? Narrowness of the room. Let's look at what restricted means with the Merriam-Webster. It means to be limited. To be limited. Paul said it's not the church limiting you. You're limiting yourself. Could I say that to the church here today? Sure. We're not limiting you. We want to take the lid off. You're in there. Are you with me? You're in there and the lid's in there and, you, and you're, you're still there. You love the Lord. God has some things to do in your life, but you can't seem to break through on it. Is anybody getting what I'm trying to lay down this morning? You, you, you begin to start seeing this. This is me. This is me. I love the Lord. God, I'm doing your word. I'm not in sin. I'm, not, I'm trying to be understanding. I'm kinder, kinder and gentler and I'm living for you, God, but it just seems like things just don't break through. That word also means contained, limited and contained. How about restrained? That word means it's restrained. <laughs> Whatever's in here is contained. How many of you know God wants us to live a life that's not contained? Hello? He wants us to live a life of abundance. He wants us to live a life of freedom. He wants us to live this type of life. But sometimes we get limited we get contained just like the church in Corinth are you containing yourself by yourself are you like the church of Corinth and we get contained so I got you thinking this morning right what can contain us it's not the church that's containing you 
It's you containing you. What about, and in, in, this, in, in proper context, Paul loved the church of Corinth. And he was loving on them and loving on them. And they were doing all sorts of stupid stuff. Come on. He was loving on them. He'd still love them through their mess. He'd love them through their mess. So all the stuff that was going on. He'd love them, love them, love them. And he was basically saying, why don't y'all love me like I love you? Why don't y'all love God like I love you? And that's in the context in what he is. But I realize that there are some things that can contain us. Are you ready for some? When something happens to you, and you want sympathy from somebody, it puts a lid and contains you. Think about it. It's okay to think in church. When something happens to you and you want pity, it contains you. Are you with me? Come on, can you see where it, what it does is it puts us into this place where now I want her to show pity on me and it puts me into this place where there's a lid. They want sympathy. They want pity. I've been through a difficult time as terrible trauma took place in my life. And if I focus more on that, then you'll give me pity. But what it does is, come on somebody, it puts a lid of containment on us. But pastor, you don't know what I've been through. You have a story and I'm not making anything light of any of that. We've gone through literally hell in the last 10 years. But I'm not going to let it put a lid on me. Hello? Things aren't going my way. I'm believing God. I'm, I'm not, not in sin. I'm loving the Lord. I'm kinder and gentler and more compassionate. But guess what? Sometimes if I operate in sympathy, if I operate in pity, oh, come on. I deal with people all day long, and it's like, you know what? I, I'm, a, I'm a drug addict. You're a believer, but yet you're addicted to something, and then now all of a sudden you want sympathy or pity because of what you've been addicted to. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm laying down some truth here today, and there is a lid that is on our lives before that. You could be wonderful. You could be not dealing with drugs or alcohol, been delivered of all these different things, but yet there's some things, bitterness or unforgiveness in your life, and it, come on, it puts a, it puts you into a container. That's what Paul was trying to share with the Corinthian church. It was like you want this freedom to be able to preach and pray and prophesy and do all these things, this freedom in God. But yet, when, when it comes down to sympathy and it comes down to pity, it puts us into a container. Some of us have been walking with God for years, and nothing seems to happen when it should. Could it be? Because if we're not careful, we find ourselves restricting or containing ourselves because of our feelings? Because we want people to feel sorry for us? If anybody can preach this, I can. I don't want somebody to feel sorry for me by what we've gone through. They're going to automatically. But I don't want to be that which causes 
a container lid to be put on you. Is that you? Is that you? In the last six months, how many of you have had a day or a moment where you said, God, that's not fair? It's not fair or whatever. Guess what it's doing? It's putting a container on it. I remember one time I was the youngest of five. The other kids got to do something. I didn't get to do it. And I said, Mom, that's not fair. And she said, life is not fair. I was like, what does that mean? I mean, I didn't know life at five. Are you with me? Or six? But what I realized then, it was like nobody's going to take put pity on you. No, don't take pity from anybody. Don't be doing any of that stuff. Don't be operating that way. Because I know she didn't understand it, but there was a lid that was put on us. We were restricted. It restricts you. It limits you. I always said what we've gone through, I'm not going to let that define me. I'm not going to be that guy. Not going to be that family. Not going to be those that quit, those that give up. And this is what Paul was talking about. You have kids. Things are just not going to be fair. You can't make them fair, parents. You try to, but when they get in the real world, they're going to treat you different. They're going to treat you. And then you're going to operate certain ways, and you're going to operate certain ways, and it's not going to be fair for both of you. So guess what? You want pity. You're putting a lid. You're putting yourself in a container. Do you get it? Say, I got it. You get it. So let's look at, God bless you. Let's look at the Message Bible. I love this part here. I got a couple of scriptures. I'm going to share them with you. The Message Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. In the Message Bible, Message Bible is not really a a study Bible, but it really paraphrases some things. It really gives us a a different perspective on it. I love love what he says in this Message Bible. He's, He's, you know, he's like, oh, again, Paul was what? Harsh on the first letter. He was coming back, and he was trying to love on him, Pastor Paul, stroke him a little bit, hug him, love him, let him know. And he was, goes on, and he says, Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter into the wide-open, spacious life. Are we hemmed in? Are we contained, and we don't even know it? Are we living within this boundary and we don't even know it? And he's saying, you guys are living this life without the love that God has for you or to to the depth that God has for you. He says, I'm ready for you to step into this wide open, spacious life on the back 40. He goes on and he says this, we didn't fence you in. Don't blame the church. Don't blame God. Don't blame his principles in the word of God. Don't, you know, it's like we didn't fence you in. Listen to this. The smallness that you are feel or that you feel comes from where? Can you see that? Can you all see that from back there? It comes from within me. It's not mother putting something on me. It's not Pastor Jerry putting something on me. It's not Shelly putting something on me. It's not our kids putting something on me. It's not our grandkids putting something on me. It's not the world putting something on me. It comes from within me. How many of y'all sometimes feel small? We're in that 
container. He goes on and it says it comes from within you. And look what he says. Your lives aren't small. What? Your lives aren't small. Your lives aren't small. You matter to somebody. You matter to others. Your life affects other people. You can't go through life without affecting somebody. And your life matters. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's talking about you. Your life does matter. It does matter. It does matter. He says your lives aren't small, but you're what? Living them in a little, a small way. There was, <laughs> I'm, I'm a sports fan, so I watched a little bit of basketball. You know what I mean? And there was one guy that came in, and, and, he, and he did a layup on it, and he looked at the guy, and he did like this. And that was like, you're too small. 6'8", he's too small. Why? Because the other guy was 6'10". You know what I mean? And I thought about that when I read this. It was like, you're living them in a small way. We got the enemy that's put the lid. Come on, somebody. Or, the, or we've put the lid on ourselves, and we're living life in a... Are you living life in a... Are you living life down here? Because he said you're not supposed to live life down here. Because you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not... So a lot of times we're just going to live our life in a small way. But we've got this lid, this container that we're operating in. And we're living life in a small way. He goes on. He says, you're just living them in a small way. He says, I'm speaking plainly. And I can with a great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. What's your dream? What's your vision? Where are we going? What's going on? I just want to get up in the morning. And I want to go to bed at night. And just love the Lord. That's great. But you're going to put a lid on you. You've got a lid on you. Whether we allow the enemy to do that. Or we allow to put our, the lid on our container ourselves. Maybe we can expand it. This is what he's talking about. He's like, look, you guys are not loving. Let's love. Love is, you can go in Corinthians 13 and see love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't it boast. It's not jealous. It doesn't keep records of wrong. I mean, there was so much to love if we would just live in that chapter or live in those scriptures. I think it's 13, 8, 4 through 8, I think is what it is. He wants us to live expansively. We start feeling sorry for ourselves. When you start feeling sorry for yourselves, it creates a smallness in life. I'm going to use this. <laughs> when we start, when I, when I deal with pity, it creates, what is this? Smallness. Everybody, smallness. Come on, everybody. Smallness. When I create pity in my life, I begin, to, I begin to start creating this smallness in my life. When I feel sorry for myself, God, I wish I would have done that. God, I don't know what happened to this and that or why this happened to me or why it should have. God, what did I do that it happened to me? Are you with me? All of a sudden, I'm creating what? Come on, everybody. Come on, I need you to enjoy. I need you to get with me in this. We're, we're creating what? Smallness. We're creating smallness in our life. Things happen to us. 
I can look at people's lives and whether they've lost parents or, or mothers or fathers or husbands or wives or children or whatever those things are. We've all lost somebody, but we're not going to allow the smallness in our life to keep a container on us. Come on, somebody. That's why you look over and you see a single mom beginning to rise up, and then she's, she's got two or three kids or taking care of those kids and doing a great job with it, and she's working two or three jobs a day because she's not going to allow the smallness of life. She's going to break out of that container and say, I'm going to live the life, God, that you want me to live. I'm going to get out here and expand life and enjoy life and have a good time with life. Come on, somebody. Woo! That'd be a good place to say amen. So we want you to break the spirit of containment. I want over the next few weeks, months, however long it takes for us to take this restriction off. I want you to break out of the smallness. I want you to live openly in what Paul says, inexpansively. I want you to live a destiny. I want you to live a dream. I want you to begin to start dreaming again. I don't want you to think you're trapped because sometimes we can let age trap us. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too short. I'm too tall. I'm a girl. I'm a guy. These things can begin to trap us. And all of a sudden, there's a lid on us. You are somebody. And Paul was talking to the church at Corinth, and he was saying, you are somebody. You are somebody. You matter. You are somebody. We can begin to start dreaming more. What about if, if, if husbands began to dream about being the best husband to their wife they could ever have? Do you think marriages would change? Absolutely. What about if wives would start being the best wives and I'm going to concentrate on being the best wife I can and break out of the smallness and begin to start loving in a greater, deeper way. We've got to understand that we can break this thing off of us. And when Paul was talking to the church at Corinth, he was like, no, I've been hard on you, but I'm here to tell you you're living life here and I want you to live life up here. I want you to begin to start moving into the spiritual realm and we're going to talk about some different ways to do it and some different things that we need to look at we need to live that destiny and he goes about thinking about think about when you were first saved do you remember back when you made that profession of faith when you said god i know i'm yours and you are mine and you get up in that next morning and you're grinning and you're grinning all i know is they're like what are you grinning about There's just something going on in me. Did something happen to me last night? Oh, you got drunk. No, I got drunk in the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. I got in a relationship with Jesus, and they're like, oh, oh. Now all of a sudden, I'm a leper. I've experienced this. But this joy was there. It was like, man, let me tell you. Let me tell you what happened. I'm going to tell you. I finally realized. I finally saw the light. My, my sins are forgiven. He paid the price on the cross for me. He was the only one that could do that. Nobody else can do that. And he did it for me because his love was so deep and so great and so wide and so high. It was, it was just greater than anything. And I've experienced his love. And I just, I just love it. I feel so warm and fuzzy. I feel so good. I get high without getting high. Come on, somebody. 
So let's look at Hebrews chapter 10. Because we are so excited. We first get saved, we're so excited, baby. Woo-hoo-hoo! And then about two or three years later, it's like, woo-hoo-hoo. And then 10 years later, it's like, okay, I guess I'll go to church. (laughs) I'm not talking about anybody in this place. I know it was not you, amen? So let's look at Hebrews chapter 10 in the Message Bible. You guys ready for this? No, are you ready for this? Yeah, let's take a look at it. He says, remember those early days when you first saw the light. Now, this isn't me telling you. This is Paul telling the church of Corinth. He's like, hey, you remember when you first saw the light? Those were hard times. Those were hard times. You got kicked around in public and every kind of abuse. Some days it was you. Other days it was your friends. Look, guys, it was illegal for them to be an open follower of Christ. It's not nowadays. It's not illegal for you to say, I love Jesus. It goes, well, not yet anyway. If some friends went to prison, you stuck by them. They didn't go to prison because they were smoking pot. Come on, somebody. They didn't go to prison because they were shooting up. They didn't go to prison because they stole an automobile. They went to prison because they said they were a believer and follower of Christ. And when they went to prison, he said, hey, hey, were you stuck by them? And if some enemies broke in, check this out, and seized your goods, you let them go with a smile. <laughs> Has anybody said, anybody ever said, when you got something stolen, I guess they must have needed it worse than I did. And you're like, well, I'd go find them. Nah. It's okay. Why is it okay? They don't understand, but this is what he was talking about. When they would go in and they would steal them, seize their goods, he says, knowing that they can't touch their real treasure. The real treasure. I thought about naming it that. The real treasure. They can't touch the real treasure. You know what the real treasure is? Christ in you. Christ in you. The king of glory. Christ. And he goes on and it says this. It says, they can't touch your real treasure. Nothing they did bother you. Ain't gonna let it bother me tonight. The world's in an uproar and I see no end in sight. But I'm not gonna let it bother me tonight. Not tonight. Anybody ever had that attitude? There were times it was like, you know what? I don't know what's happening today, tomorrow, but I'm not letting it bother me today. I am, I am so on it. God is so in it. I'm a, it ain't going to matter what comes my way today that I'm not going to let it bother me. It's not going to control me. Come on, that's that expansive, wonderful life that he's trying to get all of us to be able to live. Let me go on. Let me go on. This is so good. Nothing they did bothered you. Nothing set you back. Boom. I'm moving forward. Boom. I'm still going. Boom. Sorry. Wouldn't want to be ya. See ya. Boom. It's, it did not set me back. It's moving me forward. I'm taking another step forward. I may have got knocked back too, but I'm going to get up again. I'm the Timex watch. I keep licking, ticking, and keep on taking, licking, and keep on ticking. I'm the Energizer bunny. Boom, 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 boom. Why are they doing that? What do you, don't you know what happened to you? Don't you realize what happened to you? I'm not going to allow the lid to come upon my container because I'm in there and I'm going to break that thing out. Can I get an amen from somebody? I'm no longer going to live like this I'm going to begin to live like this <laughs> now things can flow in there chocolate cake can y'all put some chocolate cake in there 
And then chocolate cake can flow out. Come on, somebody. Leftovers can flow in and out. Fresh stuff can flow. Are y'all getting this today at all? See, this is what Paul was talking about. You know, we can get so sometimes so religious that we're going to break that thing. But I want to get to the place where what's holding you back? Is that what's holding you back? Are there some things in your life that are holding you back? The, the, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and to give it to you what? More abundantly. Why aren't we having joy in the midst of our difficulty? Let me get to the word of God. He goes on and he says, knowing that they couldn't, let's go back. Knowing that, that they couldn't touch your real treasure. Nothing they did bothered you. Are you going to let some things bother you? When you do, it puts a lid on you. It puts a lid on you. It goes on, it says, nothing that they did can bother you. Nothing set you back. He says, don't throw it all away now. You were sure of yourselves then. It's still a sure thing. But you need to stick it out. Staying with God's plan so that you'll be there for the promised completion. It won't be long now. He's on the way. He'll show up most any minute. But anyone who is right with me thrives on royal trust. If he cuts and runs, I won't be happy. But he goes on in verse 39. It says, but we're not quitters. We're not quitters who lose out. Paul is laying this all out for them. I mean, I would I'm gonna love to see this one day when I'm when I'm saying, look, God, can I can I see what Paul's can I, can I see what Paul was the letter that he wrote to the, the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians? I want to see his excitement. I want to see his exuberance. I want to see Paul, Paul preach that one. Are you with me? It's like I want to be able to see that. He's like, you are not quitters. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. We're going to stay with it. We're going to survive. Come on. Trusting all the way. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't get to quit. You don't get to quit. Terry Warren doesn't get to quit. Jimmy Clark doesn't get to quit. Lenny Long doesn't get to quit. Karina Hilliard, she doesn't get to quit. Trish Penix, don't get to quit. Steve Taylor, don't get to quit. You want to quit? <laughs> I quit. Nah. Wrong answer. Throw out a lifeline. Let's get the right answer. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep moving. Come on, somebody. I may be hemmed in. Things may be a little tight. Things may be a little bit difficult. Can I get you to come play? Things may be a little bit difficult. Things may not go the way I wanted them to go, but I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to drop back. I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to keep going forward. I'm going to keep saying, God, I'm sticking with it. You can't shake me. Nobody can shake me. The enemy's not shaking me. God is the only one that I'm holding on to. I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. Can somebody give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise in this place today? So what's holding you back? Sometimes we get trapped by our smallness. Sometimes we get trapped by the things that happened in our life. And Paul was saying, look guys, you were stirred up before. Let's get stirred up again. Man, when things in your life that were, that were doing, you were excited about what God was doing. 
What's going to happen? I mean, we've struggled with the situation with the building, but something's beginning to move. Something's going to begin to happen. We're going to get through this situation. We're going to walk it out. Come on, somebody. God's got a way where there seems to be no way. He's making things line up today. He's working things out for your good. Maybe I need to take a deep breath. He says it was a sure thing then. It's a sure thing now. Oh, are you hearing me today? It was a sure thing then before you allowed the lid. It's a sure thing now. What do we got to do? We've got to break that container. We've got to remove that barrier. We've got to overcome that thing. What it seems like sometimes that, 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 that you haven't had your breakthrough, but I'm here to tell you that God is a God of a promise keeper. He, he, he keeps his promises. He just doesn't make them. He keeps them. When it seems that you've been broke, busted, and disgusted, when it, things just aren't going your way, Paul was saying, stay with it. That's a word for you today. Paul is saying, stay with it. Stay with it. Stay with it. Stay with it. Hold on. Don't give up. Don't quit now. Come on, somebody. Don't stop believing. Don't stop trusting. Don't stop speaking the Word of God, declaring the Word of God, decreeing the Word of God. He's saying don't quit. Verse 39, he says, but we're not quitters who lose out. Quitters who lose out. You want to quit, you're going to lose. You don't quit. You keep moving. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. Oh, no, 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 no. You're not quitting. I want to quit. I want to kick you in your rear end. We'll get up. Let's go get it done. Let's get after it. Pray one more prayer. Forgive one more time. Speak one more word. You can look at it. When it's not, seems to be what is not working, when that's the time where you're going to like, oh, no, no, it's going to work. It's going to work every time. I heard this in this movie years ago. It was like Novocaine. He said, just, just give it some time and it'll work. Give it some time and it'll work. Give it some time and God's word's going to work. Maybe you haven't gotten there yet. Maybe you've allowed this lid to be on there. Maybe you haven't received what God has for you yet. Somebody say, just believe. Just believe. I'm going to have you put that scripture or just believe up. Because it comes down to, in this scripture, in verse 38, 39, one of them, it says that the righteous live by what? Faith. You're in right relationship with God. You're the righteousness of God. You're the holiness of God. We're going to live by faith. I'm going to live by faith, not by sight. Remember we taught on Thomas? Doubting Thomas, he wanted to see it, he wanted to hear it, wanted to feel it, touch it, see it. Got to know that Jesus is, Jesus is. And it says, blessed are those that haven't seen Jesus than those that had. You are blessed. And you know what? Shelly and I are going to let you quit. Hello? We're not letting you quit. We're not letting them quit, are we, honey? You're not quitting. You're not a quitter. I heard one time years ago, we say, well, you do it once, it gets easier the next time and the next time and the next time. But I'm here to tell you what the Apostle Paul says to the church of Corinth. He said, keep moving. Oh, no, you're not quitting. Nope, nope. I want to quit. Sure, we all want to quit. But we don't. We don't. And you're not going to quit. You're going to keep moving. 
you're going to go ahead. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going ahead. You're going ahead. You're moving ahead. No matter what it looks like right now, you might be dealing with some health issues. You might be struggling with a bad diagnosis from the doctor. But I'm here to tell you, you're not going to quit. You're going to keep moving ahead. You may have gotten fired, lost your job. There might be transition in your life. Somebody may have died that you love very, very dearly. They may have died in your life. And you're like, do I continue to move on? David himself in Ziklag said, Lord, do I pursue? He said, Lord, what do I do? Do I pursue, overtake, and recover all? And the Lord said, what? Go get him, David. Go pursue, overtake, and you're going to recover all. And that's the thing that I'm going to have that attitude. If I don't recover anything in this natural life, I'm still going to pursue to recover. I'm still going to pursue to overtake. And I'm going to pursue and overtake and recover what the enemy has stolen from all of us. And we're going to walk that way as a church. We're going to walk that way as a people. You're going to walk that way because you belong to God. So whether you're here in this church or you move away somewhere else, the spirit of the living God lives in you and the kingdom of God is for you to walk in and you're going to walk in that no matter what takes place because Paul said, stick with it. Don't quit. What was the prophetic word this morning? She said to hold on to the end of the rope, right? That prophetic word this morning was to hold on to the end of the rope. I said, Is she looking at my notes? But that's the spirit of the living God. Will you stand to your feet this morning? Today's, you know, a Memorial Day weekend, and and we could talk all about the, the reason for Memorial Day and what it's all about and everything else, but I want you to know that God says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's going to walk you through these things. You may be in the middle of that, but that lid is going to be removed. And if you're just going to believe God, just believe God, just believe, just believe he can, just believe that he will, just believe that, that he's beginning to remove those lids. Let's just pray. Close your eyes just a moment. I saw containers this morning with those red lids like I had, and I saw God coming over and going, I'm removing that. And I'm removing this, and I'm removing that, and I'm taking this off, and that one's going to be removed. And, oh, there's a big container, but you're in that, but now we're going to open it up. And he wants you to be expansive. He wants you to begin to move. So today, let's believe God that these containers are going to begin to open up. That the lid is being removed. The lid is being taken off. Whether you place that lid, just ask the Lord. Say, Lord, forgive me for for placing that lid over my life. Or forgive me, Lord, for allowing the enemy to place that lid over my life. That I should have a life that's lidless. That's lidless. It doesn't have a lid. There's no, to you, there's no, there's no end. There's no beginning. You are limitless. And we, your children, we are your children. And we, there is, should be no end and no beginning to our lives. They are in the natural, but in the spiritual, there's no end. And where we've, we've, the good work that you've begun, you've started, you're going to continue to work within us today. I just believe. Just believe. Just believe. Just believe that lid's coming off. Believe there's opportunity. Believe there's increase. Believe there's the love of God that's being released on your life today. Believe that there's favor of God that's being on your life today. You're operating in the favor of God. You are the favor. You are are favored by God. He loves you. You're his favorite. You're his favorite. And you're going to walk in that favor today. So, Father, we just believe We receive this right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Come on, say, say, my lid has been removed in the name of Jesus. 
Now I can roam around <laughs> and be free in the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Give him a hand clap of praise today. <coughs> hey, we bless you today. We look forward to visiting with you. Virginia's going to be preaching next Sunday. You're on the slate for next Sunday. We love you. Invite somebody. We'll see you soon. Have a great afternoon, a great weekend in the Lord. God bless you. Bye-bye.